0: You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church, Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. You can turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, and uh, this is just a, a very unique passage of Scripture, and, and so we just want to dig into this just for a few moments today, and um, because shortly after this, there's going to be people starting to set up and get ready at the drive-in at, uh, at the German Harmony Club on Cary Road, and so, but, but we just believe that the Word of God must lead us and, and prayer must lead the way today, and so uh, Isaiah 43. Last Sunday, we were looking at Micah 5, and we were studying the prophecy given 700 years before the birth of Christ. And, and those prophecies were stating that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And, and that's what we were looking at last week. Well, Isaiah was also prophesying the same time that Micah was. They were contemporaries of one another. And he was writing at the same time. And, and he too was writing and warning of judgment that was coming to God's people from the evil countries surrounding them, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, there was the warning that this was coming, and that judgment was coming because of their sin, because of their rebellion, because of their lukewarmness. Judgment for how they would kind of walk one foot with God and one foot in the world, and then after a little while, they just became really complacent, and God was just kind of out there somewhere, but they really weren't following that closely. They weren't following the word of God. It was kind of a pick-and-choose kind of a faith that they had. They were ignoring God's word. They liked certain aspects of, of the word, but they were customizing their belief system to kind of fit with their life. And over the last few weeks, as I've been studying in Micah, and then this week is studying here in Isaiah, it's just hit me that our same old world is heading towards a similar judgment. God's word tells us that. Just as Isaiah and, and Micah were warning of upcoming judgment, judgment, God's word is warning and instructing and and reminding us of the final judgment that is coming. And it's prophesied throughout God's word. And we are very much in a similar condition, not as the world out there. The world out there is what is doing what the world out there is supposed to be doing. It's the condition of God's people is very similar, very similar to, to, to what we are facing today, as where the Israelites, God's people, were 2,700 years ago. And even though Micah and Isaiah's messages and prophecies were oftentimes filled with a lot of gloom and doom and warning that the judgment was coming, they also had hope, hope, and, and, and offered help. Yes, the prophecies of the coming Messiah, but that wouldn't happen for 700 years. And yes, we have the hope and the promise of heaven one day, and we don't know ultimately when the final judgment, we ultimately don't know when Christ will return. But we just don't have, we look forward to that, but we don't wait just simply and think that's all that there is, that God promises his hope and his help and his presence even today. And that's what Micah and Isaiah were reminding the people even back then. Hey, if you turn to God, if you turn back to him, there will be hope and help in God. He will help you in this. And, and yes, the messages were of gloom and doom, and the, we look at the world and we look at the word of God and, and what is to come, and it seems rather gloomy and it's full of doom, but there's still so much hope for God's people. And so I want to read in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 15. And it says there in verse 15, I am the Lord your God, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path. In the mighty waters. Now, I encourage you, I mean, that verse in verse 16 has just been so encouraging and such a good reminder for me this week. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. God is saying here to his children, he's saying to you and I, he's saying to his children back here 2,700 years ago, God is saying, trust me, I will make a way. It may look hard, it may look difficult, it may look impossible, but I will make a way. Just as, as he did for the Israelites as they were escaping. And, and what he's leaning back to, Isaiah, here, is back to Exodus 14. When the Israelites were escaping from Egypt, and as they were leaving Egypt, they came up to the Red Sea. That was a bit of an obstacle. How are they going to get across the Red Sea? And behind them, so ahead of them was the Red Sea, behind them was was Pharaoh and his army and his chariots coming after them. And, And in so many different ways, we can feel rather hemmed in today. Now it may not be the Red Sea in front of us and Pharaoh's armies behind us, but it may feel like that. It may feel like we're hemmed in, we're frustrated, we're surrounded by what is going on. We just don't know which way to turn. Things look hopeless, they look discouraging. Maybe it's in in, in family relationships, maybe it's in health struggles, maybe it's just in the fear, maybe it's in the aspects of COVID-19, maybe it's in just everything that is going on, we're frustrated, we feel so surrounded. And I wonder today, where is it in your life today that you desire where you need God to make a way? Is it in your family? Is it in some broken and messy relationships? I'm sure we can all agree that we have some broken and messy relationships with family, with friends. Maybe it's an issue you feel hemmed in, surrounded over health issues, over finances. Or maybe you feel just kind of hemmed in and surrounded by spiritual lukewarmness. There's a distance between you and God. You've been going through the spiritual motions for weeks, months, maybe even years, maybe even decades, and there's this emptiness. You know there's more, and there's a part where you just wish, oh God, would you please make a way? And look at what it says, I love verse 16, it says, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. But you know what, the key part of verse 16 depends on what Verse 15 says, and look what it says, I am the Lord your your I am the Lord your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your king. It's kind of like God needed to reintroduce himself once again to his own people and remind them once again of who he is and of his character. And he starts in verse 15. Look what it says. He, he says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, the king. He begins by reminding them that he is Yahweh. He is the great I am. He is the self-existent, always-existent, active, ever-present God. This is who I am. I'm above all things. I'm in all things. I've created all things. But I wonder, is he your king today? That was a struggle for Israel, and that can be a struggle for us because we want to be king of our life. We want to be the ones in control. And maybe you've been feeling like the Israelites were. Maybe you've taken your eyes off of the Lord and onto your situation, onto you having the rule and the reign and the say in your life. And maybe the difficulties, the frustrations, the distractions have have clouded out even the presence of God in your life and and even the understanding of who God is. Maybe you have forgotten that, that the one who is on your side God, who is for you, is eternal. He's all-powerful, ever-present. The ever-present God who makes a way. Israel had forgotten this. And unfortunately, this is something that can so easily and so quickly happen to us. As I said already, we kind of make God into who we want Him to be. This consumer Christianity. I had a Bible school professor who, who called it uh, smorgasbord Christianity. You take a little bit of this, take a little bit of that. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, don't like that. And 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 it's like... That's not the way to live. It's all or nothing. And when we look back over our lives, and so many of you, even right now, if you were to start to recount, just even as I recount the faithfulness of God in my life, in our marriage, in our family, throughout the years, how faithful, how good God has been, how God has been so good and so faithful over the last six years in the life of our church, and especially in this past year. I mean, last year, I remember we were getting ready for a Christmas service, and it just seemed that we had power issues. I think we were blowing breakers. there was something with the sound system, and it was just one thing after another, and that all looks like pretty small potatoes compared to what's happened this past year, with all the uncertainty and all the changes and everything that's been going. And God's been faithful. And look at, you're alive. We're able to join together and worship, and later on today, we're able to join together and worship. No, it's not what we want, it's not what we really desire, but, but this is something we want to keep pressing on. And God makes a way. And in 2021, He's going to make a way. We have to believe Him, and we have to trust Him for this. And it's vital that we see and we honor God rightly. We have to see and, and, and honor God. God, you are God, you are Lord. You are the Holy One. You are Creator. You are the King. You see, this is about worship. This is about surrender. This is about getting on God's agenda. This is about trusting Him no matter what. And I wonder as we head into Christmas 2020, it's it's almost upon us. And the events later on today with the drive-in Christmas, the kids' Christmas, the event that happened last night with the young adults. The thoughts, the thinking in, the, in our minds though of just that kind of just that numb feeling of like what is the future going to hold is there with us. And yet we still think of the joys and the victories. We think of the struggles and the battles and all of this is thrown together. What makes sense? How do we bring it all together? It starts with the Lord, the Holy One, the one deserving of our worship the one deserving of us being on the floor and before him in repentance and say, I want to follow you, God. The one who is the creator. The one who is the king. Would we move ahead in faith? And look what it says in verse 18. If you skip down there, here's what the Lord ends up saying. He says, remember not the former things. The Lord's speaking through Isaiah, that is. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of, the, of old. So he's basically saying, hey, all of those things in the past, don't cling to them. Don't hold on to them as, as, you know, like, been there, done that, that's what's happened. Because it says, I'm doing a new thing. Underline new in your Bible. God wants to do something new. And he says, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Because he gets them through the Red Sea, but then they have the desert. They have the, the, the rivers that they end up crossing. They have all of these other obstacles that they're facing. And God's like, and I'll be faithful. I was faithful then, I will be faithful again. And in verse 21, it says, I am doing this so that my people might declare my praise. You see, we want to be glory thieves. We want to be the ones who think that that we are awesome. We're not. We're sinful. We're deserving of death. We're deserving of separation from God. God is the awesome one who forgives us, who loves us. And it's so that he gets the glory. But the sad thing is, and if you were to take and continue reading in Isaiah 43, God's people didn't listen. They didn't heed the call. They didn't come and call upon him. He talks about their sacrifice. He says, you are too busy. Basically, he's saying, you are too busy. You are too bored. You are too obsessed with your own ways to come and sacrifice and and to honor and to worship me. You gave some lip service, but it wasn't from the heart. He even says, basically, you became weary. You became bored with the things of God because you were more distracted by the pleasures and the temporary fleeting things of this world. And what he ends up saying, he says, I blot you out. He says, I can blot out your sin. I'll forgive your sin, but you need to come to me in this way. But God offers hope. What we learn from Israel, I pray that this year we would be so steadfast as we head into 2021, we would be so steadfast with our eyes on the Lord that no matter what comes our way, we would see Him as the Holy One, our Lord, the Creator, and the King. Let's pray together. And So God, I pray that through Your Word today that You would receive the glory in our lives. That God, we would be surrendered to you. Not my will, not my way, but yours be done, God. And I pray for our church family right now. I pray for everyone watching. I pray for everyone listening that we would come to that point of just absolute and total surrender before you. And God, that we would be sick of sin and we would run from it. And we would find healing and forgiveness in you. And we would find life. The joy would return. The strength would return. Even though our circumstances and what happens in this world may continue to fall and fail, they will. And our bodies will fall and fail eventually. But you will be faithful and you will see us through. And God, again, I just commit the events of this day. I thank you for the many people who are serving. I thank you for the faithfulness of this church the, the strength that there is through the body of Christ, through the sacrifice of many in areas of serving, in their areas of giving, God, I pray that we would, we would honor you in all areas of our lives. In our time with you daily, in our time spent with God's people, sharpening, encouraging, being sharpened, being encouraging of one another. That we would be a giving people, that, that we would give sacrificially from the heart, As this year ends and as we head into 2021, because we've been given so much from you, would we be givers because we've received so much? And God, would you just continue to do this good work in each one of us? We love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.